This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, we're joined now by Crystal Wright. She is the author of the book Con Job, How Democrats Gave Us Crime, Sanctuary Cities, Abortion, Profiteering, and Racial Division. She is at GOP Black Chick on Twitter. Crystal, great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Buck. I should add to that and how... Uh Hillary Clinton is going to win the 2016 election. <laughs> oh, yeah? Pretty confident of that one already? I, I, yeah. yeah, I just think... You're not alone. Day, uh, yeah, I mean, I think for diehard Trump supporters to deny the obvious is... Um, I mean, you know, maybe the guy's going to... Maybe, you know, Trump is going to have a metamorphosis uh, less than... What are we, less than two weeks out? I don't know. I, I just, I don't see it happening. But You, you sound you sound a little a little glum about the prospect, <laughs> if I may say. I think I'm just tired like everybody. Um, I, I think I didn't realize how much life this was going to suck out of um, me just, you know, watching this. I mean, I'm not involved with any campaign. Um, it's been I'm a depressing election. There's no, no question. It's been depressing. I mean, I think, I think anybody yeah, and would I say think that. that. And I'm not, I would say that my support of Trump from the very beginning was very complicated and not, you know, I've been critical of some of the things he's done in his campaign, surely. Um, But to me, it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a sad reflection on where the party is, the Republican party and where the party has been really going for the last 15 years. Um, And I think we really have to ask ourselves if, if we're conservatives you know, A, what does it say that he won the nomination? He did win. He won a plurality of votes or, you know, however you want to frame it. He won a, a lot of people voted for him. And if we had such a great field of dreams, right, of the 16 other people that he ran against, how come none of those people could pop up and, you know, what is it, cream rises to the top? I don't know. I'm just saying I think that the party is very much broken, and he was kind of the sledgehammer in the cracking up of the party. Um, what would you say? What do you say to the people, opinion. Crystal, who who point out that the GOP, mm-hmm. other than the presidential race, is in the strongest position when you add in state legislatures, state houses, governorships? Uh, the, the they control the House and the Senate. I mean, they're the strongest position they've been in since I forget what the year is. I think people say like nineteen twenty or something. Way way back in the yeah. day. Well, there so, there are on the state level you have. Folks, like I think Bobby Jindal, even though he's not a governor anymore, right, um, he did some great things. And then, you know, the state turned over to another um, Nikki Haley. Uh, um, maybe I'm confusing the states here, but um, I'm sorry, New Orleans, and then we have Nikki Haley in, in South Carolina, uh, Louisiana, and then South Carolina. 
those are governors doing some interesting things. You know, the state lets you point out all those. You know, we do have some strength, I think, on the state level. We also have some weakness in places like North Carolina with some of the things we want to get caught up in. Uh, but I think it's we. I think it's still. I think on the national level in 2012, Buck, you will remember that when Mitt Romney lost, the RNC and the party said, "Okay, we are going to change. We're going to be more welcoming. We're going to be more inclusive. We're going to honor our women in the party. Right? We're going to put them. We're going to pay attention to women. We're going to pay attention to minorities. And I'm not just talking blacks. I'm talking Hispanics, Asians. None of that happened." We had an autopsy report, right? Those were supposed to be things the party worked on, the messaging. And over and over again, when you look to Congress on the national level and the crop of people we have running for president, and I'm not saying that they weren't good men, right? But, but we did something. We keep saying we're going to do better in the way we talk and communicate our ideas, and we don't. We have the same ambassadors. We have older white men that we've seen cycle over and over again, Nothing wrong with older white men. I mean, I, I, I'm, um, you know, but there are a lot of other voices out there, and we're just, we are not going to continue to win. We're going to continue to lose the White House with the same playbook we're running. And I would, I think it's going to eventually affect the state level. Um, well, Crystal, to be, to be fair, woman. didn't we have, didn't we, we had a woman, and, and Nancy, a very accomplished woman, and Nancy, I mean, sorry, gosh, not Nancy, not Nancy Pelosi. Pardon me. You mean Kathy... Um, she has a leadership position. Uh, now. <laughs> no, Kathy no, McMorris no. Rogers. No, no, no. I, I meant. Uh, I don't, I'm actually. This is embarrassing. Blanking on her. The, the woman from she ran Hewlett Packard. She was the CEO. Carla oh, yeah, Fiorina. Yeah. Thank you. There Carla we go. Carla Fiorina. Yeah. I got. No, uh, I got she, my Fiorinas and my Pelosi's confused. Yeah. That's embarrassing. No, we had Carly Fiorina no, running. Ran we had Ted Cruz. We had Marco Rubio. At least Marco Rubio speaks fluent Spanish. You know, we have two Cuban Americans. Yeah, but I don't know if it's the part. Look, I'm not saying. They're great, but they're not ref- – our party – I'm not talking necessarily just about – yeah, we had an interesting group of people running, right? But they still weren't – I mean, Carly was great. She didn't go that far, right? Um, and that was for a variety of reasons maybe. I liked her a lot. Um, I, I found her – you know, there's probably some adjustments she could make in her delivery of her message. But, why, yeah, we had some minorities running for uh, – president they they didn't make the cut um, they came close also, i mean you know, i mean if we're talking yeah, about rubio and, look, and cruz I'm talking more about why is it though that we have these iso they're still not the norm in the party you have a lot more when i look at the democrat party they run a lot more minorities and women to me they do on average and they've got more represented in an elected office than we do i mean in the senate we have um tim scott great man he, he's doing great things on um, prison reform, having discussions about poverty issues that affect blacks. He talks about coming up from poverty. I'd love to see more. I just don't know why is it we, we you know, we have these ice, we have Mia Love, right? But we don't have the numbers, and we're going to need more. And we also don't have in just voter ranks. We're not, you know, we're not appealing to, to the younger people. And I'm not talking about changing the message at all, because I think we have a great platform. I think it's the way we're, we we don't sell the great things about our party well, and we need more messengers. I feel like we just see the same old faces over and over again. So you think we so, need better yeah, messengers but the same message? Because, I mean, I, I worry that, for example, the millennials who are a constant, uh, constantly getting beaten up on 
by uh, curmudgeonly conservatives who are saying, why are all millennials? I mean, I'm technically like at the very old scale of a millennial. Um, but they say, why, why are millennials who are uh, going to be saddled with the debt of their ancestors, essentially, literally the debt of their ancestors because of you know Medicare and Medicaid and all the things that are happening with the, with the federal debt? Uh, with the national debt, why aren't they listening when we talk about smaller government? And it's because, well, they figure I'm going to pay for it either way. I might as well get as much as I can from the system that's making me pay into it. It's more rational than I think sometimes the conservative voice or the conservative message gives them uh, credit for. And and I mean, changing the the messenger, I think it would be helpful, clearly. Uh, but you would think that we had a couple of very good messengers on the presidential side and maybe they were just drowned out by Donald Trump, but we weren't seeing big changes in, for example, the Latino community's sense of whether they'd vote Republican or Democrat based on the fact that we actually were running two Latinos for the presidency. It didn't, didn't make a dent. I feel like the, uh, the right, identity politics that messengers inherently get put into doesn't necessarily move the needle for the Republican or for the Republican Party. Well, and I think I think you make a great point, A, about the millennials and the disconnect between these national candidates and what's happening on a grassroots level. For example, I live in Washington, D.C., and the D.C. GOP here, we're, you know, I'm, I'm involved in it. I write checks. I go to events, but we're not, we're not really doing a good job of taking our message to young people outside of, hey, come to our meetings, right? We're not going, we're not saying, for example, and I've, I've recommended this to a lot of um, Republicans, to grow the party on a, on starting on a, on a very localized level, a city level, a county level, suburbs, right? We need to go to places where millennials are. We need to go to the college campuses. We need to work with the local clubs and give them ideas like do a happy hour, a meet. You know, people, college kids ask me all the time, Crystal, I believe in the conservative values. They're the best messengers of this, the millennial, you know, people who are millennials, not me talking about it. So what I say to them over and over again is, hey, just have a meet and greet. You guys can do meet and greets on college campuses. We used to do them for other stuff, right? And just say, if you're interested, we're going to talk to you about – it's just a meet and greet. Maybe it's, maybe it's at a pub, right? Just so people can ask questions and say, well – and actually debate the issues like you and I are, right? And, not, and we, we can't be afraid to open our door on a very innovative way. And I think that goes back to, like, in D.C., we don't have the crop of young people coming into the party that we can cultivate to run for, like, the D.C. school board seat or even a D.C. council seat. We just aren't rolling up our sleeves and being innovative with how we're getting that message out. I mean, frankly, I think the D.C. GOP party, we should be on college campuses. We should be trying to feed pipelines to those kids who are going to, some of them, stay in Washington and maybe want to have an outlet for their activism. And then we could connect them, you know, with campaigns. I mean, this is just all top stuff. But I think the reason why there's this disconnect with like a Rubio or a Ted Cruz is because it's just not happening on the local level. The party still feels inaccessible to people, let's just say, in, you know, maybe – I'm from Richmond, Virginia, right? I don't know what's going on with the party there, but but we need to make the party more accessible, whether it's in Poughkeepsie, New York, or um, you know Asheville, North Carolina. I don't, you know, I don't have answers, and we we yeah, certainly can't. I, I know this right can now, sound a, a little glib, Crystal, but I think know? that one of the biggest advantages the Democratic Party has is the widespread perception among those who aren't necessarily in any way involved in issues or politics, but just the perception the Democratic Party is for the is for the nice, cool people. Um, that's exactly. and that's pervasive among young people. I mean, if you go on any college campus now, 
you know, you, you ask people who think of themselves as very sort of fashionable and, and hip, and I use words like hip and realize that I'm not hip, but you know what I'm saying, uh, that, you know, who, who do the cool kids vote for? They vote for Democrats. Uh, that's not true right. at every exactly. campus. It's not true everywhere, but that is a widespread sentiment, and it's an enormous advantage, you know, and, it, and then it even ties into, like, the celebrity, of course, the celebrity culture in Hollywood, and they all right. go for the Democratic Party as well. I don't know how to overcome that, but it is a giant uh, built-in, uh, baked-into-the-cake secret weapon the Democrats can, especially in national elections like the presidential election, can go to. Yeah, but I also think it's people like you, um, people like me. I mean, you know, it's ways to build um, surrogates and arsenals. I'm not talking about advocating for a candidate, right, but getting people like you on college campuses, just talking, giving kids ideas, opening up. I mean, these are things that... You know, not to keep harping back on the RNC, but they have budget for stuff like this, especially during an election cycle. I would like them to see, and, I, and they're never going to do this, and, and you also have other groups, not just the RNC, but the RNC is the machine, right? They, ha- they, they have ties to the young Republicans. They certainly are plugged into the local party infrastructure, and there's things that they could be doing, just very basic like what we're talking about, mobilizing people that people will listen to, young people, going to, like, you know, historically back colleges and universities on a, in a real way, not taking older people, but saying, you know, hey, what, are, what about these young black Republicans? We, we, could, we could help, you know, sponsor an event. Again, it's just a, maybe it's a town hall. I don't know what it is, but it's just going to places where we normally aren't comfortable. Yeah, I will agree with you. The perception is that Democrats are cool because they have celebrities out there. They're inclusive. And when I was in college, I didn't really pay attention to any of this stuff. I was unaffiliated with any party. I knew certain things that made me tick and certain things that didn't make me tick. But when you're on a college campus, you're very impressionable. About, oh, yeah, well, those are the cool kids. They go to the Democrat meetings. They do cool stuff, right? You're subject to this. But I don't think it's impossible for us to counter that narrative. I mean, um, and I think back to the millennials and the struggles of the millennials. Like you said, they're very much – the reason why Bernie Sanders resonated with millennials because, like you said, like, well, we're going to pay for all this crap anyway, right? And we're never, millennials now don't even think they're going to have – they don't necessarily want to own homes, right? They don't want to get saddled with debt. So they're like, well, maybe big government is the answer because I'm going to be – it looks like I'm going to be paying for all this other stuff for the rest of my life anyway. I should get something out of it. We're not making the case that, hey, you can get – you can live, like, better if, you know, we don't have all this. Right, if the government was less intrusive money, and taking less of your stuff right? in the first you place. Right, you have more money to do what off. you want to do with it. Crystal, this is know? a conversation that I'm really enjoying. We could have it – we should have it again anyway. and we should continue to. But unfortunately, yes, we're, we're, we're up against time here. <laughs> your book, which we didn't even get to talk to you because we're having so much fun talking <laughs> okay. about politics and the election. Your book, which I recommend yeah. to everybody, is Con Job. How Democrats Gave Us Crime, Sanctuary Cities, Abortion, Profiteering, and Racial Division. Crystal Wright, great to have you, madam. Thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. 
If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.